Hey, David Radney here. I'm your host of Scotch and Scripts. Today, I will be interviewing Patty Gurney. Patty Gurney, welcome to Scotch and Scripts. I'm so happy to have you. Cheers. Cheers. I'm so happy to be here talking with you. I miss you. I miss you too. It's been a while. However, uh, I understand this. I have to get on your calendar. You're so involved these listing appointments and closing. So I, I know that you're busy. And I also know that you're busy because you're doing all the right things. So kudos to you. Great job. Thank you. You're very welcome. So before we really jump into things, tell me a little bit about your background. Like what were you doing before real estate and how'd you get into real estate, Patty? Um, I was an uh, interior decorator and I had my own business and I was staging houses for a lot of agents uh, in the area and these were very well respected uh they were all mostly women that were having me stage because uh, i had maybe decorated for them so i was helping them stage and i really was interested in what they were doing but i had this mindset where um i would never be able to be a real estate agent because so many people who were agents told me the test is so hard it is so hard the passing that test was a nightmare. I failed it twice. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. That immediately shut me down because I did not do well in school. Okay. So I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, that is not for me. I, I can't do it. I could never do that. And then when uh, my husband and I were just uh, starting the process of dreaming about owning a beach house, which was probably at that point an impossibility, it was just a dream. We started talking to real estate agents down in Long Beach Island, and um, it's a different mindset down there. I think I call it like vacation brain, like people are like totally laid back, so nobody really follows up, nobody gets back to you, and it was very frustrating. And then an experience I had, we were talking to an agent, and I said, you know, my family's looking to rent in LBI. Uh, you know, we're not looking to spend a lot because, you know, we're a lot of people, and uh, we're not looking to spend a and while we're looking for rentals, in the far off future, my husband and I would like to buy a house. Maybe you could like start teaching us about the island as to where we should be looking to buy. And I was thinking, I'm looking for an agent that could be my agent for life. Right. Sure. And that agent basically said to Brian and I, it's so cute that you two are dreaming of someday being wealthy enough to own a beach house. When you have that money and you call me, if you think I'm driving you around teaching you about LBI so you could buy a house in 10 years, no. You look in the newspaper, you want to see a house, you let me know. You come back oh. and Brian, who's much less patient than me, he was like, walked away from the woman. And I'm oh. like, I wasn't willing to let go yet because I, I felt like she, I, I, I understood what she was saying. Like, oh, okay, so I'm wasting your time. I'm so sorry. That never dawned on me. And then mm. as we thought about it, I'm like, that was so rude. And, yep. and little did she know, in a year after that, we were able to buy a beach house and we bought a beach house and she found out that we bought and she was like, I can't believe you guys didn't use me. Are you I'm serious? Like, you, you blew me off. You told me to come back when I was rich and I'm never going to be, you know, what she considered as being worthy. So <laughs> I, Brian said to me at that point, he go, and I was doing, I had a really good decorating business and I also sold lots of other things. Okay, um, okay network marketing stuff like candles and jewelry. And I always did really well. And I always had a big team of people and was always winning awards for sales. So Brian said, you could be a real estate agent. I'm like, babe, I can't. It's that test. Everybody told me, everybody told me that test is so hard and you know, I can't, I can't do the test. So then I was at a party with a bunch of women 
um, I was selling jewelry mm-hmm. and they, uh, I, I'm trying to, I, the women were so dopey that like, it, it was like hurting cats. Yes. So, like, nobody was, and I was just like, what, how do you guys know each other? Cause they were all so similar. And so I said, how do you guys know each other? And they said, oh, we all work together. I'm like, well, what do you do? No, like, oh, we're real estate agents. And I called Brian and I said, find out how much that Kovats real estate school is. And he's like, why? Why are we looking into this all of a sudden? I go, I, I always learn from, like, I have this thing in my head that I can't do something because told, somebody told me I couldn't. Right. And then I meet other people that did it. And I'm like, I can do that. Or if these women, and so I, I did, I did pass the test. I didn't, the school test, I failed the first time. And I okay. cried. And I called Brian to say, I tried to be tough and call him to be like, you know, I didn't pass this time, but I'll pass the next time. And the phone call was like, hey, I didn't pass this time. And I know. He's like, wait, are you crying? Are you crying? You can take it again. I'm like, maybe I really can't do this. Maybe I really can. But that's the state test. And it's just that mindset. Like somebody told me it was hard. And I just told myself, like, yeah, for years, I told them. I wonder if, if it was really hard for them or they didn't want the competition. And so they were just trying to discourage you from, from actually becoming an agent. I don't know. Like, I have to say, like, the test was hard. It wasn't easy. Well, but, like, it wasn't so hard that I would go around telling people, oh, my God, it's so hard. Absolutely. And the absolutely. other thing that I found, like, I, I, I listened to too many other people that when I said to people, like, I'm getting my real estate license, I can't tell you the number of people that said to me, um, yeah, don't quit your full-time job. You don't make money your first two years. And I'm like, what? Brian will kill me. <laughs> if right. I went to real estate school, quit my job, and I don't make money for two years. So even other agents that had been in it longer than me were like, yeah, honey, listen, don't, don't count on making any money your first year. I'm wow. like, that can't happen. It can't, that right. cannot happen. So I made sure that like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying real estate. I wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm going to try it, see what happens. I needed to make this work. So I needed to talk to people that were going to help me. That were going to help you. What year did you actually get into real estate? When did you get your license? I think it was a fall of 2018. Oh, so like right when I met you. Literally, I met you as soon as I, my first bold you were in um and i didn't even have my license yet my license was like you know somewhere in transit gotcha wow so i find that hard, so hard to believe because when i first met you um and i saw you downstairs i think talking to scott stewart and i heard your conversation i actually thought you were a real estate coach just the conversation you were having i've, I've shared this with you before yes. and so to find out that that was when you first started I'm even more impressed because I, I heard you talking. I'm like, who is this lady? Like I was immediately drawn to you. Like I'm sure most people are. And I was impressed back then. Wow. I have yeah. a loud voice. So it sounds. Yeah, we, we definitely. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you get started in real estate. Um, how did you happen to choose Keller Williams? Um, I, I was at Keller Williams for a short second in the very beginning. And then wound up going somewhere else for a year and a half mm-hmm. and came back to Keller Williams when I realized uh, we have the whole, we have the full package. Okay. 
That's great. And I'm really happy to be here. Like it's, I'm really happy. And I love the, uh, the, the community that, and I, I'm going to say it's the community you've created with the morning mindset call and uh, with push. And it's just, uh, I really need that. I find that to be very important. I could not do it alone. I couldn't do it without the right training and without those people that I feel like I have support that if I'm lost on something or confused, I get um, support and help from other agents. And then I can also help them if I've been in a situation that somebody else is in. I couldn't do it alone. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's what we're all about. It's about just coming together and helping each other grow, holding each other accountable and just coming from contribution. Like we all get stronger from helping each other. And that's one thing I've always loved about working at KW. If I don't know how to do something, I know there are tons of agents that will just open up their books and say, here's what I've done. Just follow mm -hmm. the blueprint. And they're not holding the information and not sharing it. They're open arms sharing right. all the information. It's, it's fantastic. I think accountability um, is the one, the only thing I need to find other people to, um, it's something I'm working on, holding myself accountable, but I do better when other people hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. I understand. And you, I love you and hate you for what you did in push. Like it, you put me, like you made me put my money where my mouth is. So, and so, you held me accountable. And that is the, I'm telling you, if you did not do that at that very moment, I would not be doing the business I'm doing right now. So share that story, because a lot of people don't know what you mean when they say I held you accountable in the push class. What, what actually happened? What do you mean by that? You, it was early on in the class and you, we were talking about lead gen. And mm -hmm. of course, like that's a subject that nobody thinks they want to do legion nobody it's and if you're not used to it it's a it's torture to think about doing it and right. calling fizbos and 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 expireds and it's like you get this tightness in your chest and you don't want to make this call so you said to the group who wants to put the effort in to change their business and I, I raised my hand and i think there weren't that many people that raised their hand there weren't which shocked me and i'm like what the hell are you doing here? Why are you why are you spending that much time out of your day if you aren't really willing to do it? And I I realized like it it's not easy. So I raised my hand and you said, now little do you know, I at the time was saving up little bits of money to I want I've always wanted like a designer purse. So I was like, I had this little stash that I was putting aside, like saving up, saving up, saving up. And you said, um, are you willing to put your money where your mouth is? And I'm like, what? And, to, and you said, um, if you write a checkout for a certain amount and you don't do your lead gen every day and send it to me, I get to cash that check. How much money would, you know, I don't know your financial situation. Um, how much would, you know, be, um, I don't know the verbiage you use. Like what would, what would be painful to you to lose? 500 <laughs> painful? And I'm like, yeah. And I guess my reaction wasn't big enough because you're like, how about a thousand? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that, I'm, you're not getting my money. I don't care. Let's write the check for a thousand. So right. I wrote the check for a thousand dollars the next day, stuck it in your mailbox at work. And then I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? Bye-bye, <laughs> purse. <laughs> so the funny thing, so you still have that check. I and do. I'm still, so I, the deal was that I had to, 
schedule my day mm-hmm. and fit lead gen in uh, five days. It was my choice how many days I wanted. I wanted five days. I'm not looking to be a dabbler. I need to make this work. And it just so happens that this was just pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the perfect time that was to start that habit of lead gen every day. Agreed. And Agreed. I hated it. I didn't want to do it at all. But then I'm like, here's a thousand dollars of my money. So I have to send you, I take a picture of my schedule and the lead gen I did. And I text it to you every night. And if I don't text it to you five nights a week, you get to cash that thousand dollars check. Right. And so here's what's so interesting. And you've already said it. It happened right before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so when COVID hit and we all went into quarantine, everybody else was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't work. I'm just going to, I'm in this knot. I'm watching Netflix and they weren't working. Oh. They just completely went on retirement, right? They didn't work. And in your mind was, well, I've made a commitment that I'm going to do this work. I need to do this work. And so you put your blind on and you did the work every day. How has that benefited you from being consistent with the Legion? is it is the key to success it really is the key to success so i did lead gen every day and when and the funny so i've i've refined the paper i use i'm old school mm-hmm. i need to use paper because i like being able to go back and see uh who did i call three months ago and what you know where were they at and i keep notes and so i i even during the care calls yesterday, during this hurricane that happened in New Jersey, um, I reached out to people in the past that I knew, um, maybe women who were alone and maybe d- didn't, I, they may not have somebody that could pull a branch off their car or whatever, or get to the store. I just reached out to people that I remember reaching out to during COVID. If I didn't have those habits in place in February and March, I would not be having the business I'm having right now. And I wouldn't have been doing it if you weren't holding me accountable. So the accountability is huge. It's the key. It is the key. So here's what I'll say about that. Look at the business you're having right now. Yes. I've been bragging on you, and I know you know this. Last week, you had three closings in one day. In one day. What? How did that feel? Unreal. I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it's like a, I, it's, but I have to, t- so like, I thought, I thought that the day that I had to close the, I dreamed about like having two closings a month. Like when I first started in real estate and people were saying to me like, yeah, you'll be lucky if you close something in your first two years. Nobody, nobody gets business in the first year. So I, my goal was to have two closings a month and my first year that didn't happen. And, um, it didn't, I, I, I've had two closings in one month before, but it's not consistent every single month yet. Right. But I realized the only way to make that happen is to make phone calls every day. And uh, you are like the quote man. Any, any, any quote you say or post, like I write on a post-it note and I stick it around my house. The one that I have in my office is every day I wake up unemployed. I'm unemployed every time I wake up. Like I have to go get a listing today. And that's a scary thought. It's a scary thought, but imagine if every agent woke up and that was their mindset not i have properties under contract and i have listings i'm unemployed and i have to go out and create income for myself today Mm -hmm. right yeah 
So, so it's interesting. I, I was on a mindset call this morning and they said November 5th. And I'm like, what's November 5th? Do you know what November 5th is? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No. It's 90 days from today. And so what I've learned about this business October, is- October, November, oh my God. The work we do today typically turns into a paycheck in 90 days. And so when you talk about like your lead gen and being consistent, it's the work you're doing now that's going to make sure in November you have paychecks. And I don't think people are quite aware of that. No, 90 days seems like it would be next year. Like, I know. The way this year is going. I mean, uh, yeah, it's I, a blur. Think about that, though. It'd be November 5th. And so essentially, I always say October 31st is the day we need to focus on. Have all your deals done and closed mm -hmm. in order to have that business closed in right, this year. So mm -hmm. 90 days, yeah, we'll be at November 5th, and this year is just about over. Oh, my God. I know, I know. i got to get some lead gen done today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. So one thing I'm always asking people, and I've asked you this before, you know, I believe we celebrate every success. You get a listing appointment, celebrate it, right? You get the listing, mm -hmm. celebrate it. You have the closing, you celebrate it. How did you celebrate having three closings in one day? Because that's huge. Um, so we, we've talked about this in push and you asked people what they did to celebrate. And I'm like, um, you know, Brian and I would go out to dinner mm -hmm. and I'm like, there's gotta be something different. Like there's, we go out to dinner a lot. Mm -hmm. So I thought like Brian likes, um, certain places where he's comfortable. So we seem to go to the same places all the time. And I'm always like, Hey, why don't we try something different? And he, he likes going where he knows the people, he knows the clientele. He, feels comfortable and they're good places so we can't complain so I decided that when we're celebrating one of my successes I get to pick the restaurant and I pay um and that's really exciting for me because Brian is like old school and it's hard okay. for him to let me pay for dinners so I asked him like I it's it's it means something to me if I can pay for dinner because he's so supportive um, and he's he's understanding. So like I take him out to dinner to a restaurant I want to try. So on Friday, um, we went to Cafe Panache in Ramsey. Mm -hmm. We went Saturday. We went Saturday. The closing for Friday. We went Saturday. And it's still like my mindset is so bizarre. I had this bottle of Bouffe Clicquot champagne in the refrigerator, and Brian's like, "Is this what you want to bring?" I'm like, "No, don't. That's good. Bring something else. Don't bring don't bring such something so fancy." What? And he's like, right, this is where my mind is. He's like, no, no, like, just bring this. I'm like, no, it's a really good one. Like, save that for, oh, a special occasion. Oh, bring the <laughs> But I, in my mind, I was just like, I don't want to, you know. Understood. So, yeah, I, oh, I popped that champagne open, and it was fantastic. And I think that's what I'm going to pop open at a fancy dinner all the time. Can I make a recommendation? Yeah. Go buy a case of it. Oh. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Because right oh. now, based on what you're doing, you'll be popping champagne often. And if you have a case and you're looking at that case, it's like, I need to have another celebration. Let me get after it. Mm -hmm. I'd say go buy a case. Get it in bulk. Right. Get that it's like what I, in the beginning, when I, uh, you know, when you first are in, you have to go buy the signposts. Yes. I buy mine. I didn't, I don't really, you know. Right. 
So I said, like, I'm just going to buy one, hoping I get a listing. And somebody goes, buy two. Yep. And I'm like, I don't want to buy two. They're like, they're $80. And they're like, buy two. Yep. Why would you assume you're only going to have one at a time? So I bought two. And I had just, I just had to buy a third. <laughs> That's a great problem to have, Patty. Right. So like, it's just, I think mindset is the craziest thing. It's just what you, we have to get out of our own way. What you tell yourself, like I'll buy one signpost. Is that all you want is one listing at a time? Mm. Lock boxes. I only had two. Now I have four. And I'm like, isn't it interesting? The things that you tell yourself in the beginning, like I only need one signpost. I only need one lockbox. Cause that's all you've already limited yourself. What you focus on expands. So if you focus on the fact that you have four, then you're going to get four listings and you're going to need five. Um, did I ever tell you the story of the trunk music story? Oh. All right. So my coach back in Texas, um, we, we did this whole uh, exercise on how many listings I needed to have in order to hit my goal. And the number was like eight. I needed eight listings. So he told me to get eight of my signs and put them in my trunk and drive around with those signs in my car. And every time I drove and turned a corner, oh, you hear all the signs banging around. So I call it trunk music. And oh, it was God. a constant reminder to me, I have those signs in my trunk. I need to get them out and get them in somebody's yard. And that's when I started stopping my car in front of for sale by owners and knocking on the door like, hey, I want to talk to you about selling your home. Because in my head, I'm like, these signs are driving me crazy. I have to get them out of my car. And so every opportunity, I'm knocking on people's doors. I'm going to expires. I'm doing everything I can to get those signs out of my car. I had eight of them. I was focused on them every day. And day after day, I was getting listings. I would go to listing appointments, go to my truck, grab the sign, and walk to the front door. Hey, it's David. We have an appointment at 11. I'm here for the appointment. And they're like, well, what do you have the sign for? Well, after we meet and you decide to list your home with me, I want to be prepared to put that sign in your yard tonight. Oh, that's so great. The buyer might be driving by tomorrow. And I was just putting signs out. So what you focus on expands. That's great. It was fantastic. All right, so Patty, so I appreciate you sharing how you celebrate. Um, let, let me ask you, if you could go back to being an agent when you first started, what advice would you give yourself based on what you know now about the business? There, oh, gosh. I would tell myself, like, uh, listen to other people's negative talk. Mm. Because I kept hearing people say, like, you're not going to make money the first year. You're not going to get all the listing appointments you go on. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to. Yeah. And I believed them because certainly they had been in the business longer than me. And they're not me. And I had to keep telling myself that just because somebody else wasn't able to do it, they're not me. I don't, I don't like being outworked, so I will work really hard. And I, I was a single mom for a long time. Um, and I swore to myself that there would be no excuses. My kids would always have clothes. I would, I would always be able to pay the rent no excuses because I heard so many single moms saying like, well, I can't do this because I'm a single mom. Well, I can't because I'm a single mom. I can't because I'm a single mom. And I'm like, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to say I can't because. I love it. I love, love that. And I still do it. So how do you stay motivated? What do you do to motivate yourself? Uh, let's see. What do I, oh, 
I stay, I do that morning mindset call with you guys, mm -hmm. which really yeah. helps. I try to get on that most mornings, even when I can't uh, participate, if I'm in a noisy area, like listening to what you guys are talking about. Um, gratitude is key. Gratitude is key. Instead of looking at all the things I don't have and how hard things are, I look at all the things I do have and how grateful I am for them. And um, I think gratitude is key. Uh, you know Steve Harvey, correct? Yep. I was watching a video uh, by Steve Harvey, and he, he was mentioning when things aren't going well in his life, he pulls out a list that he reads every morning, and there are 75 things on that list that he's grateful for. His wife, his kids, his grandkids, the fact that he makes money telling jokes. And he said, by the time I get to 13, I'm so grateful for all I have. How can I be discouraged? So gratitude is important. Mm -hmm. And the reason we share gratitude on those calls is if you are focusing on the positive and you see how blessed you are, it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to stay in that negative place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I was, um, I'm gonna spill all my guts now. When I was a single mom, um, when I first got divorced, I was in a very bad place, very negative. Mm. Um, my, my life sucked. And um, I had, this somebody said to me all you do is walk around and complain i have to be honest with you it's hard to be around wow and i was like say what my life sucks right now and they're like your life sucks right now because it's all you talk about Ooh. and i'm like fuck you right and i went home and thought about it and I, I went through the whole like anger like how could you say that to me you know my life is really hard right now Right. And I'm like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. What you I focus on pants. I suck right now. I didn't even like being around myself. Wow. So I was seeing this really great uh, therapist to help me through um, the marital, like trying to deal with the, um, the loss of a marriage and all of a sudden being on my own. And um, this therapist said, uh, I need, and I, she knew what I wanted to start working on. I, I, my life was in a bad place and it's all I saw. So she had me write down five things I'm grateful for every day. And, okay. um, and I did. And some days, like it was really hard in the beginning to find anything to be grateful for. So I'm really good at being like passive aggressive. So even my gratitudes, she had to refine because my gratitudes were like, I'm grateful this day didn't suck as bad as yesterday. It's like, okay, that's not a gratitude. So um, she taught me how to be grateful. And there were days, I'll be honest, that were so hard. I was grateful it was over. Wow. Like, I'm just grateful this day is over. I'm grateful that I was able to compose myself in court. I'm grateful um, that I found change in the couch so that I could buy milk. Um, like, and I really started believing, like, I am pretty lucky that I found that change. Like, it wasn't there last week and nobody came over. So I don't know who's but I found money for milk <laughs> so I was oh, grateful wow. and then um I started writing uh I was having issues like I was on match.com uh trying to find people to like you know be a partner and um I didn't know what I wanted in a husband oh my god this thing like so what do you want in a man and I'm like I don't know just somebody who's like not an asshole and she's like okay it's not really what I meant so she made me write a list of all the things I wanted in a man. And she goes, and I want you to be specific. 
And this ties into the way you tell us to manifest our dream. Like, so if somebody wants a house, you want them to go find the house, take a picture of it, like make it real. Mm-hmm. So she's having me do this with a man. So every time I went on a date with a guy, I wasn't allowed to write anything negative on my list. Like, well, this guy was rude. He did. I could only write what I liked. And I, I realized what I do want. And as a man, it was somebody that was really like old, old school somebody that opens the doors and is a gentleman, but also like really funny and supportive. And I want like somebody that you feel safe around. And so I created this Frankenstein of a person in my, like all bits and pieces of other people. Um, And I think there were like 200 points and it was the course of years that I created this list. And then I lost, it was in a journal and I lost the journal. Forgot all about it. I meet Brian. Uh, at a bar, we were set up on a blind date, and I were talking, and I felt like I knew him already, but we had never met. We grew up a town away, all know the same people, but I'd never met him. And as we're talking, I just felt like I know him from somewhere. Well, we became engaged three months after that. Wow. And he was helping me um, move out of my house. I was moving into his with my two kids and his two kids. I'm a, I collect things. And I, I, I have too many things. So Brian looks under my bed. And he's like, what the hell is under here? I'm like, oh, I don't even remember what's under the bed. He pulls out my old journal. Oh, wow. I'm like, this is really important. This is, I lost this last year. Let's see how you compare to the guy that I created in my head. Now, Brian is a police officer, very level-headed, not a dreamer, not a fantasy guide. It's all... Anyway, so he finds this journal and we're sitting on my bed and I'm like, let's read how you compare to this person I created. I just bagged Brian Gurney to a T. Wow. Like, I can't tell you every single thing about him is Brian Gurney. And even he said, it was weird. Like it was, it would, I was describing him to a T. And uh, he was like, when did you write this? And I tried to find the date. And I said, I go, the last entry was a year ago, and I've only known you three months. How amazing is that? But I swear, like, so it's the same thing when you tell people in push to, like, well, you, what's, your, what's your goal? Like, what's your ultimate goal? And um, they say, like, hey, I want to I buy my own house. And you say, I want you to drive around, find that house, take a picture. I have one more manifesting story I could tell you, and it's please, real estate related. I, I love all this, so please keep sharing. It's awesome. Okay. So when Brian and I were renting, so we're together and uh, we went to LBI and um, he proposed to me in LBI at the Seashell during a Dog Voices concert. It was freaking awesome the way he did it. Anyway, so when we're down there, he was saying, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you and I uh, could someday own a beach house down here? I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, sure. (laughs) I'd like to be the queen of England. (laughs) Right. So we said, like, yeah, it'd be cool. So and you drive around LBI, like, you see the for sale signs, and it's, like, fun to fantasize. Like, oh, my God, could you imagine if we lived there and all our kids would come down? And uh, yeah, but here we are crammed into a two-bedroom apartment. Four kids in So we rented this house for years. And then um, during Hurricane Sandy, it was uh, in- uninhabitable. So Brian found us the second floor of a duplex. And I was anti-duplex because we have too many people. I didn't want to hear anybody else's noise. Basically, there were no other rentals. And um, 
Brian said, he goes, I'm sorry, this is all we could find. We're going to have to be in the second floor. I'm like, fine, whatever. So it was a new neighborhood. Mm. Us, and, um, it was on the main boulevard. But down, it's in the town of Holgate. And in Holgate, it's very quiet. Um, so the main boulevard isn't that busy. But this house was on the main boulevard. And I like sleeping with the windows open. So we're in this. It was a beautiful three-bedroom um, duplex. And it faced the main street. And the back deck faced another little side street. So we're at the house. And when I sleep with the windows open, I could hear a little bit of the like traffic noise in the middle of the night. Not that there was a lot, but I could hear a tire on a street. So I said to Brian, we're on the back deck of this house. And I'm like, so Brian, in my fantasy world, I'm going to own the beach house in this neighborhood, but I don't want it to be on the main street because the I even though it's quiet, I still hear the traffic um, going by. So I would like a house, like one off the main street, like that one. I go, you see that house right there, one from us? That house, one house in. And it was tiny. It was a duplex. And Brian's like, who are, you, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm talking to you, ass. That like the house I had. He goes, we're not buying a beach house. I'm like, I'm just saying. A couple of years ago, four years ago, we go down every April for my birthday. And there's not much to do in April because you can't really go to the beach. It's cold. So we go to open houses. And we used to go to the $3 million open houses, just be like, oh my God, can you imagine living like this? And then we started getting smarter going like, all right, why don't we start going to open houses that would actually be a house we could afford someday. So we go to this one open house and the realtor comes up to me and she goes, and she takes my hands and she goes, you're buying a house today. I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not buying a house today. And she goes, no. And she's the loveliest person. And she goes, I'm Christian and God speaks to me. And he's telling me you're buying a house today. And I'm like, honey, I'm not buying a house today. I go, look, I want to be totally honest with you. We're just being nosy. I don't want you to think that we'd be like legitimate clients. I don't want you to waste time on us. We don't have any money. We're really just looking to be nosy. And okay. what we were showing, what we were in was a, a townhouse and I absolutely couldn't fit in a townhouse. So I could not convince her and she just kept doing it. And I'm like, now, now she's annoying me because I'm not buying a house. So Brian's like, look, uh, she's, she's right. We're not buying a house today. And the woman says, she goes, Patty, what's the dream house? I go, not what you're thinking. Cause I'm thinking she thinks I'm a millionaire and I'm going to buy a $3 million house on the beach. And, and I'm like, I have to be honest. Like my dream house is like a duplex on the border of beach Haven and Holgate close to the ocean. And I have no money. You got one of those. And she goes, actually my next job is to sit at an open house at a duplex on the border of Beach Haven and Holgate across the street from the ocean. She go, and very motivated sellers is all I'm allowed to say. And Brian goes, what's the address? She said the address and Brian goes, it's on our list. We'll see you there later. And she goes, but what time are you coming? And we're like, uh, we don't know. And she goes, well, I'm only there from 12 to two. Can you make sure you're there before two? Because you'll be my clients when you buy it. And we're like, we're not buying it. Oh my God. We go to other open houses and Brian's, let's just get this over with. Let's just go to that house. So, you know, we pull up to this house and it's fucking adorable. Wow. And it's across the street from the ocean. And I said to Brian, I hope it sucks. Because <laughs> we can't buy it. Like, right. this house is too fucking cute. 
So the minute our tires pulled into the gravel driveway, this agent is opening the front door and she's like, Patty, this is not right. Patty, this is it. This is the one. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Now she's telling me I'm going to buy it. And I know we can't buy it. We walk into the house and I'm really trying to hate it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm walking in going, I hope it smells like mildew. I hope there's a hole in the floor. I hope I hate it. I didn't. I loved it. And Brian goes, shit. And I'm like, don't, don't do this to me. Just Let's just make it quick. So she, and she, the agent is just standing there. And she goes, maybe you two should go upstairs by yourselves and see the other apartment. I'm like, fine. So I'm really like, my emotions are like, I'm, I love this place, but I'm really trying to convince myself, like, don't get all emotional on this. Now I'll get emotional. We're, we go upstairs and we're walking around and I'm still like, whatever. I go out on the back deck of the second story apartment. And I say to Brian, I go, isn't that the house we rented that time hurricane? This no. is the fucking house. This is the house where the woman was shaking the towel off the back deck. This is the house I said I wanted. Brian's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's fucking house to be rented after Hurricane Sandy. This is the house that I said was the house I wanted, one off the boulevard, because the sound of the main street was too noisy. This is the fucking house. Wow. Oh, so I, and I said to him, I go, I, this is the house. And Brian goes, we have to buy this. I'm like, ah, I have like a dollar fifty. And he says, I have money put away in different places that if we move things around we could have a down payment for this i'm like we have what because if i told you we had money for a beach house you would be on my ass to buy a beach house every freaking weekend he goes this is the house so we put an offer in and brian hands me the pen and we put an offer on the spot paper old school like on paper wow so he goes here because you wanted to be on your name for this I'm like, and I couldn't even like sign, sign my name. Then we were outbid. So that we go home to North Jersey the next day, Brian. No, here's the one more thing. So we're at the open house and the owners walk in and the owners are like, we're so sorry. We know we're not supposed to be here. We're just changing some lampshades. I'm like, oh no, I'm Patty Gurney. This is my husband, Brian. I love your house. And we're putting an offer in. And we talked and it was lovely. And the guy talked to Brian. The next day we're in Ramsey and Brian comes home from work and he has this look on his face. I'm like, what? He goes, we were outbid. And I, I cried a little bit and I said, okay. If that is not the house, then God has something even better in store for us. I know that's the house. Great attitude. But that means what God is going to give us is going to be even better than that. And he's like, wow, I thought this was conversation was going to go way different. Cause I was yelling at Brian, his offer wasn't big enough. Mm. And, and he thought he was going to come back and I was going to yell at him and say, it's your fault. So then like two hours later, he comes back home and he goes, the owners loved you and loved me. And they thought we were people of integrity and they want us to have it. If we can match that other offer. And we got it. So now that's my house. So do you see how, so when you tell people in push, and I'm sorry that story was so long, but it's great you, story. you tell people in push or when you tell agents at all, like, don't just say, I want to be able to pay my mortgage. 
like or don't just say i want to be able to buy a house like what house yeah what's it going to feel like when you're living there how's it going to feel to walk across the street to the ocean and then when you have to go to the bathroom all you have to do is go across the street use your own bathroom and go home how's that going to feel how's it going to feel when you can have all your kids in the house together down the shore and it's your house so it's so important and i started that dream years ago so so patty so here's what i hear you saying you manifested your husband brian you mm -hmm. manifested this beach house mm -hmm. what's next manifesting a bigger beach house <laughs> okay I, that location is perfect okay so and um so and again during when we were talking first who was it in push that you were making them go take a picture yara no who was it that was, no it was a, a woman there was diego but then there was a, a someone else that said she was looking for a house in ridgewood oh that um oh was that a maria I've done this with so many agents. Okay, I you're right. I'm putting you on the spot. I know you. Okay. Are. But I, I was kept pushing it, saying like, you have to find the exact house. Like you the have to do it. House. At that time, yes. I realized like I don't have my next big manifesting goal. Yes. So I started interviewing builders to rebuild my LBI house to make it a one family because I love, love the location. I love where we are. I just need a bigger one family house. Yes, so we yes. started interviewing builders and a couple of people were like, oh, you're building next year? I'm like, no, I'm not building for several years, but I want to know who I want, what style of house I want. So that's my big goal is to rebuild the LBI house to a one family house, three floors, elevator, living on the top floor. So the master bedroom kitchen would be in one and I could see the ocean if I go up to a third floor. And, and here's what I know about you. <laughs> You'll have it. Scary. Yes. It's powerful. It's powerful. I shouldn't say scary. Right. It's powerful because I feel it. Like when you, when you know your goal is right, you feel it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you physically feel it. I, so I think I've shared this with you before. So growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, after my parents got divorced, we moved in with my grandfather, seven people in a three bedroom, one bath house. And so my mom used to drive us around these really great neighborhoods and we look at these mansions and my brother and I would be like, that's my house, that's my house. And I love it. We grew up looking at these homes like, oh my gosh, how many bedrooms? Eight bedrooms, four bathrooms, like three car garage, like, whoa. And because my mom did that for us and I was able to visualize myself living in a home like that, I've now owned a home like that in Austin, in Houston, in Dallas, and New Jersey. Mm -hmm. little, little boy from Cleveland, growing up seeing that, saying, one day, and I've had that day many times. So I, I so believe in what you're talking about, being able to visualize where you want to see yourself, mm -hmm. and then putting the blinders on and saying, the only person that can get in my way of making this happen is me. It's not what anybody else is saying to me. And, people limiting me and saying, hey, you can't pass the exam, it's too hard, or hey, you're not gonna make money in real estate your first couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's me making up my mind that if I want something, no one can stop me except me and my excuses. And so mm -hmm. I just have to put up or shut up. And I put up and you put up, which is yeah. fantastic. I appreciate that story. I know, I just let you go because I know when you start sharing, like I had chills when you were telling me about the house. I'm like, oh my God. Is she about to tell me she got that house? Manifested my husband and that house. 
And I didn't know I was doing it. Like I didn't do it like, yes, I'm going to create Frankenstein and a real man is going to appear that fills this, but he really did. And whether it's like, you know, like, like attracts like, I knew what I wanted so I would be able to identify it when I saw it. Yes, but yes. I also knew, like, I, it's just so funny how accurate it can be. But it's all, I think gratitude and believing and having the right mindset and having the right people to talk to because I'm finding there are, like, um, there's agents, not necessarily at, in our office, but other agents in Bergen County that I know that I'm friendly with. And I have to be very careful how often I talk to them mm-hmm. because they're very negative. Yes. And they really try to get you to be on their side and take on the negativity. Like this business sucks. COVID is terrible. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Nobody's buying, nobody's selling. That, I, that is not my experience. That's right. So I, That's right. I try not to, I try not to talk to them that often. So you really have to protect your mindset. You do. However, you also have to share what you're going through and your experiences because there are so many people who do feel like that and then they see you and what you've accomplished and they know that if you can do it, they can do it too. They just need that example. They need to see you out there shining and doing your job and closing deals. And so I love that you're, you're vocal and that's, been, that's why I've been so vocal on your behalf and telling people, look, look at what she's doing because there are so many people who believe Things aren't happening and things are happening. You just have to go out there and do your job. So I appreciate you for being an example to so many agents. I, it's all, I'm, I, I'm going to, it's all on you. Like I swear. And I was in real estate for, I guess like a, two years before I took push. I've taken bold twice. I, I did a lot of things. So it's funny because I was telling somebody about push and they're like, oh, I'm not new. Like they thought they had to be new to take push because you know right. if people aren't familiar, they're not really sure what what the um, program is about. Um, and I said I wasn't new. I wasn't new when I took push. I've had li- had listings. I've had lots of you know transactions. I wasn't new, but you it, it fine tuned it, and it's great. Push is great for new people because you know I can't imagine if I took push when I first started. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if I took push when I first started in real estate, imagine where I'd be now. It's the whole reason I started push, Patty. My whole thing is I want to be the coach I needed when I started. I didn't have a David Radney when I started. And so that's what I want to be for everyone, like teaching you what I wish I knew. And so I hear you on that. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, like learning the lessons, like being in push and hearing what to do is one thing. The right. scripts are key. And if you practice the scripts long enough, because so many people are afraid of sounding too scripty. You know what I mean? Like I don't do scripts. It sounds horrible doing scripts. If you practice your scripts enough. Yes. It's, it's, imbe- it's, it's just your answers to objections. It's not a script anymore. It's what, the answers are it goes from being the script to you having dialogue with the seller yeah mm-hmm. conversation and here's the thing all the objections are the same so once you get to know what they are then you can make the response your own mm-hmm. and you're overcoming the objections using a script but it doesn't sound scripted because it's you talking as you and just mm-hmm. having dialogue and i think that's what most people fail to understand you're not sounding robotic you're not sounding canned 
you're just learning how to respond and have a certain type of dialogue with a seller. I mean, that's really right. And it's like then the agent sounds knowledgeable because they do have answers to the person's questions. And these are just fears. Like the client has fears of what if this, I don't like that. Here's what I've heard. And you just have to be the person of knowledge. So Patty, I want to know what advice would you give any real estate agent, whether they're brand new or they've been in the game, if they aren't having the type of business they want to have for themselves, if you could give them a couple pieces of advice, what would it be based on what you're doing and your success? You have to work every day. Like um, I work five days a week and I know there's even days like if, if one of my weekdays falls apart, implodes, then I, then I do my lead gen on a weekend day, but it's five days a week, no matter what, five days a week. And I, um, if I'm not working, I'm not, then I'm not going to have the business I want. So I think the advice I would give is you have to work every single day, no excuses, no excuses. So as soon as I give myself an excuse, if I say like, oh, I couldn't lead gen today because there was a hurricane. Um, then I try to picture, would I use that excuse to one of my sellers as to why I didn't get the sign in their front lawn that day? Or would I use that to one of my sellers as to why I didn't actually get their listing on the MLS today? Like when I have a seller, would my, would I, would that excuse fly with one of my clients? Nope. Why is that excuse flying with me? Like, oh, I couldn't leave Jen. I, I, it was a hurricane. I was out of power. I was literally out of power. There was a hurricane and there was no internet. So I couldn't leave Jen today. I say that to my seller, like, I'm sorry, I couldn't get your house on the MLS. And I'm sorry, I couldn't put the sign in the front one, but I had no power and there was a hurricane. And I'm not the agent that should be having that listing. Mm -hmm. So I use, so I don't use excuses as to why you couldn't lead them. What else? Uh, Find, find your people. Okay. Find your community. Find a support group. Like, um, like I love that scotch and scripts. Um, five o'clock on Wednesdays. Yes. Um, it's just a safe place. And I think that's important because sometimes, um, especially as even a newer agent, when we go to some of those like um, like the copper mindset things where it's like these agents that you know are like amazing people in a room and you're listening to them. Um, as a newer agent, I'd be embarrassed to share some of the questions I have and I don't want to look like, an idiot or a newbie or duh why would you ask that question but at scotch and scripts community experienced agents new agents people that aren't agents yet are sharing and talking and it's like a safe place where we laugh and our walls are down and it's it's good so i say to any agent if you can find your people find your tribe of people that support you and uh that's really important agree would agree and i i love the feedback i get about the wednesday night call and the morning mindset call where people mm-hmm. call. they can come and be a fly on the wall however they also know if they have a question they can answer it they can have it answered and they don't feel silly right it is a right. space where we can actually just be vulnerable and learn we we need that and so I, i'm so happy to hear you say that you feel that way about the calls thank you thank you for that mm-hmm. so patty i i really didn't know where this interview would go and so Normally, I'm asking people a lot of questions. I don't need to do that with you because you can just, you talk and what you talk about brings value. And I think the biggest thing you talked about in this, in this, uh, on this call is kind of like Napoleon Hill says, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. 
whether it's materialistic things, financial things, business goals, I, I think it's really important for people to know it's, it's up here, it's your mindset. It's having gratitude and focusing on the positive things that you want in life and then making it happen. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't talk about that beforehand. I didn't know you were gonna no. share I hijacked I your whole interview. You didn't hijack it. I want it to go where it goes because then that's how we bring value. I want you to be you. And I think what you've done for a lot of people is made them think about how they look at life and how they dream, even, even for me. So we recently bought a house a year ago and we took a vacation to Long Island and we rented a house that had a, um, a swimming pool. And so it was really cool for all of us to be in swimming pools. So I got back home and I looked at my wife and I'm like, I think we need to get a pool. And she was like, nope. However, I kept going outside looking at this plot of land, like that's perfect for a swimming pool. So I kept thinking about it and talking about it. And I went back to her and she said, well, let's get an estimate and see. So we're like, this is gonna, I think it's gonna happen, right? I've been putting it out there and really thinking about it and focusing on it. And I know it would be so great for all of us just to have a pool to get into, especially with COVID, we're all like quarantined, mm -hmm. where to go. But now it's in my head and I know if I can conceive it, I can achieve it. And so I'm really excited to see what happens with that. And, and what you shared today gets me even more excited to go look at pools, to have someone mm -hmm. come out, give me the estimate, like you were meeting with the builder, to start that whole process so I can see it happening in my head and I can go make it happen in the world. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. That's awesome. And the, one of the other things that people, like uh, I'm, I'm 53 and a lot of people let, um, I'm talking to like saying like, you should, you should um, like people that I truly believe would be very good at real estate. Yep. Um, people that I see something in them and I say, I'm like, you should, you should really think about getting your license. They're like I can, I'm 50 something years old. I'm too old for that. And I'm like, wait, I'm 53. I'm not too old for that. Like another, like people's mindset again, like people right. saying like, Oh, come on, you already have the house. You don't need a pool or Oh, come on. You already have a job. Why do you need another job like no excuses anybody can do anything to kind of wrap things up i want to be respectful of your time is there a question that i should be asking you that i haven't asked you yet that would bring value to the agents that are watching is there one is there one person that i could say um is responsible for my success okay is there one person you could say is responsible for your success yes you me it's you it's David Radney. I swear. Oh, now it's going to be like a freaking Barbara Walters interview where I fucking cry. What? Why do you say that? And I, I love that you say um, that. I, I love right, So now I'll be completely Voldemort and tell you I'm really good at like putting walls up and pushing people and keeping them just leave me alone. Like don't push me too far. Yeah. I, you're in, you, I was never able to do that with you because there's no bullshit with you. Like you see through everything. It's annoying. You see through all the bullshit. So like, I know that I can't like shovel bullshit on you. I can't be like, yeah, well, I couldn't get this done because, and you just be like, yeah, hold up. Right. What? <laughs> and that sucks sometimes. But, <laughs> but really like I have, I'm a master of um, like just shoveling, like just being, um, like yeah. hard, I could be crusty and well, hard and uh, just put up like walls and you, they don't stop you. You're like a bulldozer. 
I see you from the day I met you. I'm like, this lady right here, I see you. I'm not going to let you just make excuses because I know what you can do. I know who you are. So I shame on me. In the beginning, it usually like puts off. Well, <laughs> shame on me if I let you come up with excuses and not be great like you are and get you to a point where you're having three closings in one day. Anything yeah. you want, you can have. And I, I remember Sally Ponchak. So when I lived in Whitehall, she was my neighbor. And she would always tell me, you don't see yourself the way I see you. I see you being great. And I don't know if you see yourself that way. And I, and I did not at the time. Wow. And so it's kind of like that with you. Like when I met you, I saw you like being up here and you shared the story about getting 6% commission. And I told you, I'm going to get you to a point where you see your value because you're a 6% agent. And so when you got 6%, it's like, yes, I am a 6% agent. Right. I, I see you. And I, the people that I work with, again, I, I want to be the coach I needed. And I wanted someone who was interested in what I was looking to accomplish that wouldn't take my bullshit excuses, that would push me to do what I needed to do to have the life that I wanted to have. And that's, that's the way I love on you and everyone else, is giving you the coaching that I needed to be successful. So I'm yeah, so happy to hear you say that. The key, because like any, um, there's a lot of coaches and they're all great. Um, but um, you have to find somebody that's holding you accountable and isn't going to listen to any of your bullshit. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, this, uh, I think I shared it with you before. Every night at dinner, uh, we go around the table and we all say first, second, third or fourth. And that means we get to share our favorite part of the day. Whoever goes first, shares first. You, you are going to be my favorite part of the day today. You, you gave me chills and you also gave me confirmation that the way I'm living my life, how I'm coaching and working with people mm -hmm. is actually having an impact. And it's good to know that when you're doing something you're, you love and it's having an impact on people, you got to double down and just continue to do that more. So I appreciate that confirmation. I love it. You're welcome. I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful for you. And here's what I want to say. Your next closing, I'd love to see you at Bottle King with a case of Clico and just buy just buy 12 of them and say, you know what? I'm popular every time I close. And so I'm going to have 12 closings, two a month. So in six months, I'll be buying a whole new case. Okay. Seriously. You'll get the I'm case discount. It's 20% off. You get a case discount. I'm going to do it. Good. So All I right, want so you to send me a picture. When you buy it, I want you to send me a picture of you carrying the case of Boo Clico out the store and then focus on how many closings you want to have per month and then make that happen and then go buy another case. I'm doing it. Seriously. Okay. Here's what I know about you. I know you'll do it. I know. That's I why you're having success. <laughs> you do it. Yeah. I, I will always do what I say. I'm, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it because that's your word. That's your integrity. That's the integrity so. right there. Amen to that. All right, so Patty, thank you so much for spending time with me. I love the stories you share. I know people are going to get value from it. So I can't wait to post this up on YouTube and post it up on my podcast and share the Patty Gurney that I love with everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Thank oh. you so much. I want to see everybody's, uh, I want to see what everybody else wants to manifest. Absolutely. Maybe we'll talk about that tonight if you're going to be okay. on the call this evening. I, I will. If I can get internet, yes. Be safe out there. Thank you. All right, thank you for joining. You got it. Bye. Bye.